Welcome to the Neighborhood Church Podcast. We are so thankful that you are listening in. The Neighborhood Church is all about helping people find and follow Jesus. We hope that through these podcasts you are encouraged, that you're inspired, and that you're provided with practical wisdom on how to find and follow Jesus. We hope that you enjoy today's podcast. Welcome to the Neighborhood Church Livestream. Again, we are so thankful you've tuned in with us. And today we're continuing our series on overcoming fear and anxiety. Today's message is titled, From Shadow to Shadow. So let me begin by telling a story. I grew up in rural Manitoba, and this was when I was about 14 years old, growing up on the farm. And I... For some reason, and I can't actually remember why, but I was very frustrated this one day. Very, very frustrated. And um, what I chose to do was to kind of use all that rage and frustration and go for a ski. So it was snowing lightly that day, but I got my ski pants on, my toque and my mitts. And um, in a rage, I put all that stuff on, like Thomas's snowsuit, that Robert Munch book. Can you picture that? I'm not that dissimilar for that. And then I, I, I put on my uh, snow gear, strapped on my ski boots, and went cross-country skiing. And this was my plan. <laughs> my plan. I was going to ski from our farm to Hamiota. My dad was working in Hamiota, and I thought I would get a ride back to the house uh, from skiing to Hamiota, and he'd pick me up and take me home. So it was around a th- 13 kilometer ski northwest, which, which uh, I had biked that. I'd even walked that distance, walked from, from Hamiota to the farm. So I knew I could do it, but it was snowing and I'd never skied it before. So what I was going to do is simply kind of cut across cross country and jump fences when I needed to and just go through whatever <laughs> fields or bluffs or go around swamps or whatever so that I could get to uh, Hamiota. So I set off and I started skiing and skiing, and the snow kept falling and falling. And I ended up um, starting to, from my emotions, I remember this, my emotions going from the whatever I was upset from to feeling upset and starting to get very concerned about where I was. Because slowly but surely, as I hopped a grid road or as I... um, turned a corner or took a look over my shoulder, I could not any longer identify where I was. So I was extremely disorientated and the fear and anxiety that started to ensue because of this situation I was in was crippling. And I started to, um, partly from the physical activity, but also from the fact of being lost, I started to get those cold sweats and then your body's temperature starts to cool down. And the snow kept falling and falling, and it eventually turned into a blizzard while I was out there. And there was both this physical and emotional darkness that clouded over me. The sky was dark gray, and visibility was so low that I I could not orientate myself. I could not orientate myself. And maybe you today, as you're watching this, can feel like this in some moments. Maybe this, this fear and anxiety that uh, it may look different than it did in this story, but maybe this is something you struggle with daily. Maybe this is something when, uh, you know, you're, you're getting ready for work or whatever it is and this anxiety or fear ensues. 
we, we can really relate to this, I think a lot of us, and maybe in the past or right now you're feeling this uh, anxiety and this, this fear. What I'm willing to predict, particularly in this season of life, is that we all desire to exchange the fear and anxiety in our lives. We all desire to exchange the fear and anxiety in our lives for God's peace and love. So let's pray as we look into God's word. Jesus, as we look at the Bible, your word, I ask that you would teach us about yourself and how to live our best lives for you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So you may have noticed I didn't really finish the story I was telling, and I'm not going to until the end, so you have to stick around. But I want to take a minute just before we go into the uh, body of this message, I want to take a minute to say this. If you uh, interpret any of the content in this message to kind of conflict or to be muddy with um, medical advice that you've sought from counselors or psychiatrists, please don't make any life decisions before uh, reconsulting your psychiatrist or your counselor or those those you're uh, trusting to help you with any of uh, any any uh, mental health issues. Just want to really respect that, and um, we're so thankful. We're so thankful for all that doctors can do. But I do want to share this uh, really interesting um, concept that I've been looking uh, at in Scripture for the last couple of weeks. So the Bible is like a fascinating book, truly, truly a fascinating book. And we're going to look at the Bible. We're going to study it a little bit different than we typically do. And we're going to, to go fairly deep today, okay? That's, that's my perception. We're going to go fairly deep. So type ready in the comments if you're ready to uh, go deep into God's word. We're going to go full Bible nerd and we're going to study something pretty cool here. So we are going to do a brief literary study of a motif or symbolism in scripture. So a literary study, okay, so we're going to look at the, um, the words in the Bible and we're going to look at particular patterns we see with this concept. So let me give an example. So there are motifs, imagery, symbolism, all kind of literary techniques or literary devices that, we, that the Bible uses to communicate um, the character of God, to communicate the character of evil. So an example of this is the light. So we see in the gospel, uh, uh, the light of the gospel is an example where um, Jesus came and uh, even the bright star shining in the sky, you know, there's this motif of light being um, resembling like God shining into the darkness. So it is important to be able to understand what anxiety is to be able to combat it, okay? So what we're going to do, we're going to increase our self-awareness, and what we're going to do is take a look in Scripture of one of the ways it talks about uh, uh, our emotional condition and sometimes, at, at sometimes. So let's go in to the Bible, because it talks about this darkness, I'm going to call this little part the shadow of evil, okay? The shadow of evil. So in Psalms 23, it talks about a walking through this valley and this uh, valley of the shadow of death. Okay, so there's this shadow, this relation to death. In a, in a similar uh, way, we have uh, in Psalms 44, 
uh, and uh, the writer is talking about um, this darkness covering them with the shadow of death. In Psalms 34, we have uh, this uh, phrase, no shadow of shame will darken their faces. Okay, so now there's a relation to shame, this downcast emotion situation. In Matthew 4, it talks about Jesus fulfilling a prophecy from Isaiah, and it talks about the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. So there we have both the motif of light and motif of darkness. And it continues, and for those who have lived in the land where death casts its shadow, a light has shined. And one more in Luke 1, uh, to give light to those who sat or who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. So we have this idea of, of this shadow that has a negative um, effect on, on people's emotions as they rela- uh, reflect in scripture. So I want to say a couple of things. The shadow of evil exists in this world. This element of darkness in our world, it does exist. And here's the darkness's <laughs> desire. Listen to this. This is important. This darkness desire is to steal, kill, and destroy. And we see that in John 10.10. It's to steal your joy, destroy your peace, and to kill your emotional, physical, and mental health. This, this is a reality in our world. And so I'm not the regular pastor that shares uh, on, for our weekend experiences. That's Pastor John, our lead pastor. And I wanted to go uh, talk to him ab- about this. And anyway, this series came about. And he asked me to share. And part of that reason is because I'm very acquainted with this shadow. The darkness of anxiety and the fear that can truly, truly destroy a life. And in the past 18 months or so, the the darkness had overcome me. And I I treat the darkness of anxiety very seriously, very, very seriously now. And I want to give a sincere thank you to um, our church family, the staff, for... um, really helping me walk through this season. And, and folks, this is a really good church. If you're joining us for the first time, this is a really, really good church full of really good people serving a very loving, good God. I also just want to thank my family and my wife, Heidi, for standing by my side in every single minute and all the darkness. I just thank you for your support and encouragement. So we recognize this shadow of darkness and I recognize it and I've walked through it and I've been in that valley. And so I came to scripture wanting to look at this darkness and I assumed that darkness was always going to be a negative thing. I thought that that would be kind of the prevalent message or motif of darkness, of shadows. But I came to scripture and I tried to look at it without any of my biases and take a real look into what it's saying as the text. And here's what I found. Check this out. There's a shadow of God. And this is actually more prevalent than the shadow 
uh, of death that's talked about in Scripture I, I, in my observation. So this is why I've titled the message From Shadow to Shadow, okay? So in Psalm 17, it says, Guard me as you would guard your own eyes. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. Similarly, in 36, All humanity finds shelter in the shadow of your wings. And again in Psalms 57, I will hide beneath the shadow of your wings until danger passes by. Psalm 63, I sing for joy in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you, your right hand holds me securely. In Psalm 91, those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. In Isaiah 49, he has hidden me in the shadow of his hand. In James 1.16, it says, God never casts a shifting shadow. So the Bible uses shadows to actually describe God's character too. And I was trying to think, you know, shadows... I don't typically relate to uh, a positive thing. And so I'm curious as to why the authors of scripture use shadows to help us understand God's character. So I was talking again with Pastor John and he had this to say, and he's done lots of traveling and he's been in Israel and in the Middle East. And what he brought up that, you know, soaking the sun up in Canada, I mean, we are so excited to be in, in the sun. You know, I see, I drive along Spadina and man, the parks are full um, everyone's keeping their distance, but the parks are full now that the sun's been out more. And we will literally sit in the sun until we cook ourselves and we turn ourselves from like rare to medium rare. And we're like, yes, this is good. This is like what the sun was designed to do. But that's kind of Canada's context. But when we go into the Middle Eastern context where the Bible was written, it's not so much uh, the, the scorching desert heat nece- isn't necessarily something that everyone's looking forward to like we do to the you know, month and a half of summer that we get. So the, the fascinating thing about this is that the shadow in the Middle Eastern context was a place of refuge from the scorching uh, sun and heat. So this is what God's shadow gives us. It gives us protection. It gives us rest. It is a place of love. It gives us peace. It gives us strength. It gives us joy. And, and we see that knit through all of scripture, not just in the references to, to God's shadow and the shadow of his hand and the shadow of his wings, but we see that all throughout scripture. So why does this matter for you today? Here's a truth I've discovered from scripture through my experience, my personal experience, and through the counsel of others. But it, it, this, this statement does seem a little... Um, uh, harsh perhaps, but, uh, but I do think this is true. I do think this is true. Listen to this. You can't do things for yourself, others in God, unless you are resting, dwelling in the shadow of God. Let me say that again. You can't do things for yourself, others or God, unless you're dwelling in the shadow of God. Okay? So I'm saying you can't do anything. So that's not the end of the statement, but it's unless you are dwelling in the shadow of God. Let me explain this. The pressure that can ensue from uh, knowing that we ought to do these spiritual disciplines can become pressure on our lives even more so and add to the pressure of life uh, in a general way from our finances, from our work, from our family, all of those different areas of pressure. Then we put on religious pressure to do this, this um you know, increasingly uh, religious act of, of 
doing these spiritual disciplines, and we know they're good for us, and they are good for us. But what I'm trying to say is that we can't do those things for ourselves. We can't show up for ourselves. We can't show up for God, and we can't show up for others unless we are in the shadow of God, because we get this idea that we need to strive and strive and strive and strive in order to be able to meet Jesus. But let me tell you this, Jesus came to the cross and wore the sin and shame and the fear and the pressure and all of those negative. He took on this shadow of darkness and he defeated it. Okay, he defeated this shadow of darkness. So we don't need to wear this pressure that sometimes uh, can uh, ensue from all of the different things we know we ought to be doing. So we don't want to view God as a taskmaster and as a slave driver. And this is something I connect with because we take a look at anxiety and fear in our lives. And sometimes we, we go very quickly to say, man, you know, the only reason this is happening is to me because I only read one chapter, one chapter of the Bible. And it was a short one. And, you know, I'm always going to struggle with fear and anxiety unless I get my spiritual life right. And so I've just got to try more and try more. And for someone with issues of fear and anxiety, that can be really damaging. The idea that we never can do enough for God. I want this to be on repeat like a TikTok video in your head over and over again. Okay, work in the shade. Work in the shade. What do I mean by this? Well, in everything you do, decide in your heart and in your mind to be working in God's shadow. So reminder, God's shadow, protection, rest. It is a place of love, of peace. It is strength, it is joy. That's God's shadow. And I want us to do a exercise of both the mind and of the heart so that we do everything in the shade, in that shadow. And so that's what God is offering us. And that's where we are resting. And we may have gotten it wrong. I got it wrong. Let me tell you, I got it wrong that following Jesus was this immense pressure and weight. That, that following Jesus was, was, was taking on one of the most difficult tasks in your life. And you may have had an experience with Christianity where this uh, is how you felt as well where Christianity, a relationship with Jesus, was, was related to an immense religious pressure and, and, and we, we almost feel the weight on our backs of, of the, the pressure that anxiety and fear can give us and sometimes religion can be a catalyst for that fear and anxiety. And I want to speak to you today, if you've had an experience with God and you've turned away from him today, I want to tell you that this is not Jesus's intention. Listen to this. Jesus's intention is that the burden is light. That his yoke is easy. Jesus does not desire for following to him, following him to be a heavy burden. And we see that in Matthew 11. Constantly striving is a heavy burden. And Romans 10, 9 affirms this saying, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your actions that you do a bunch of good things and help ladies across the street that you'll be saved. No, no. It is that the profession of your mouth and uh, the attitude of your heart that brings us into the shadow that God has for us, okay? 
So it is not of good works, even religious works, that Jesus chooses to love us or love us more than the next guy. So we need to recognize that. So the the reality is, we've talked about these two shadows, shadow of evil or of darkness, and we've talked about the shadow of God and the, the shadow that God casts. So here, here's the big, the big question, is how do we go from shadow to shadow? So very recently, I was in the book of Psalms. I'm almost always reading the Psalms because I, I find them very, very encouraging. And I got to Psalm 19, and I was reading and reading, and I ended up at the end of the verse, or at the end of the chapter, sorry. And it says this, May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock, my redeemer. May the words of my mouth and the attitudes of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock, and my redeemer. And I kept saying this over and over again. And for some reason, it just really resonated with me a couple of weeks back. May the words of my mouth and the attitude of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my, or Lord, Lord, my rock, and my redeemer. And that kept repeating and repeating in my head, and I think that this is such an essential piece of our relationship with God. An essential piece is that the attitude of our heart matters a great deal to God. And this is the psalmist writing, and it's a prayer that he's asking God to help orientate his heart into a pleasing state to God. And so, To go from the shadow of evil to the shadow of God, we must speak, we must believe, and we must meditate on who you are in God. So this is in part a mindfulness exercise, I would say that. But said another way in Colossians 3, 2, it says this, set your mind on things above and not on earthly things. Or another way, Proverbs 4, 23, this is woven throughout scripture. Above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. So we need to recognize the importance of where our heart is resting. So God's shadow, this is, this is the things we can meditate on. And we're going to do this together. Um, God's shadow gives us protection, rest. It is a place of love. It is a place of peace, strength, and joy. That's his offering to us today. What I'm going to ask you to do is close your eyes. Maybe lay your phone face down, or if you're watching on a TV, just close your eyes. I want you to take time. Literally do this with me here. You're going to close your eyes. Don't bother about watching the screen. I want you to listen with your mind, but I also want you to listen with your heart if that makes sense. Okay? I'm going to read this psalm. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I trust him. For he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from every deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in the darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. 
If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Lord most high your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home. For he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. The Lord says, I rescue those who love me. I protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. Amen. Well, feel, feel free to open your eyes. That is the truth that God has for you today. And I encourage you, that's Psalms 91. If you type that into Google, it's going to come up on something like Bible Gateway or Version. Click on one of those and you can read this scripture. And I encourage you, print this out, stick it on the fridge, or uh, just do anything you can with it to be able to use it as a tool to take your heart from a shadow of evil to the shadow of God. So here's the conclusion to the story. I'm skiing, I'm skiing, I'm skiing. It's snowing, it's snowing, it's snowing. I really think I've just simply gone one way, one straight line to Hamiota from the farm. I end up getting so turned around that I end up on the other side of a different town on a highway I didn't recognize. I ended up in a completely different place. Anyway, my dad was driving and he was close, uh, the farm is closer to this town and he was in town, I think picking up some groceries and he saw me on the side of the road and I had given up at this point because I, I, I was just gonna, <laughs> I was just gonna walk on the highway until I found someone. So I took off my skis and I just started walking and uh, I kept walking and sure enough, my dad was there and, and he picked me up and he, he got me into the vehicle. He got me warmed up and he took me home and I think we had some hot chocolate once I got home. And, and really, it is such a, a perfect story about what Jesus has for you today. Maybe you've been wandering and you've been lost and you have fear in your heart and the anxiety is crippling you, but Jesus is pulling up in his farm truck <laughs> and he's got the doors open for you and he's saying, come on in, I'll take you home. I'll take you home. I'll take you from the shadow of evil that we feel to the shadow of God, of the place of safety. And this can be your home. This isn't a vacation place, but this can be your home. And that's Jesus' offer to us today. Is to take us out of the fear, out of the place of being lost, and move us into the place of safety and rest and peace. That's God's offer to you today. That's God's offer for you today. We are so thankful that you've listened in to the Neighborhood Church Podcast. If you have questions or comments about what you've heard, we would love to hear from you. Go to the podcast description and follow the link to get in touch with us. Everything we do would not be possible without your generosity. If you would like to give, check out that same link in the podcast description. If you have enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and share it with your friends. Thank you again for listening. God bless you.